0: Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lights at Midnight podcast. We are two mediums that specialize in the paranormal. Our purpose is to shed light on what goes bump in the night. That is why we call this podcast Lights at Midnight, a.k.a. Lamp. In last week's episode, we decided to talk about dark spirits. So basically what we covered were fallen angels, demons and devils. Shadow people. Yes.
1: Interdimensional extraterrestrial beings. So we covered everything that's in would be more you would think into a spiritual sense, like things that actually exist in other places. And now we're going to be talking a little bit about that, but we're going to be getting into elementals, parasites, bugs, cryptids, human created spirits. We're going to have a little conversation about that. We're going to have a conversation about an energetic actions like curses hexes even portals and vortexes and then I think that will cover all of our malevolent side of the duality aspect the dualism aspect that we are bringing to you this whole month so in the next episode we will go to benevolent things and our experiences with that too
0: Mm -hmm. chastity what is today's recording
1: called release the flying monkeys
0: fly fly my pretty (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's how i that's how i do my witch laugh to the kids like when i tell them stories i'm like (laughs) yes yep so yep fly my flying monkeys fly so emily would you like to talk about our well your experiences for this week
0: sure so i had a few but i'ma just say the shorter ones because this is gonna be a long episode so the first one i had i pretty much had a dream where i was with my family and you know the tvs cut on and they did their "Er, this is a an emergency or whatever and Pretty much the TV showed that volcanoes were going off, <laughs> and we had to go get our stuff, pack up our stuff, and then leave and go to Mexico, which is fun, I guess. Which I have a lot of dreams where I'm packing up and running from some kind of tragedy or some crazy event. So it just is weird that this one was
1: volcanoes. And then I've had those too, they're scary. I like them. Well, the one the one I had, I actually was like in another country and there were people that didn't have the same complexion as myself and I was packing up my house and like we had to get down off the mountain because I could see like the smoke coming up and there was a point down at the bottom of the mountain where there was like a rinkety gas station we all had to meet down there at a certain time to evacuate and then like that was happening while I was you know while I was sleeping it was a dream and then I woke up and searched the internet and someplace um out towards out in the pacific actually was doing that and it was daylight there Mm -hmm. when Like, because this was in the daylight, so while I was dreaming, I was dreaming through the eyes of somebody else. Thought it was crazy, but anyways. Mm
0: -hmm. And then my second, this one was an astral realm experience, and pretty much I was with my deceased aunt, and we were eating breakfast together, and she was just checking in how I was doing.
1: That's actually really cool. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wish, I think, that they could have those experiences. Even, you know, if it's just what people consider a dream, I think it's still a very special thing when you have a past relative
0: mm-hmm. that comes
1: to you as something really nice. She
0: usually comes in when, like, bad things are happening. So, like, um, she's the one that told me that I needed, that my endo came back and that I needed the hysterectomy surgery. And then um, when things are going bad in relationships and whatnot, she comes in and things are kind of rough right now with my
1: health. So she was yeah. there. So, I was literally, that's exactly what I thought before you even said it. I'm like, she comes in when your health's bad, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. That's really, really neat. I mean, it's it's good to have have that experience for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that your conclusion for your events this yeah.
0: week? Yeah. Did you have any you wanted to share?
1: I have a couple quick ones. Um, I guess I'll start off with... Something kind of interesting that happened. So, I've been seeing some type of entity on my kids' bed that looks like my children sometimes. So, I walk by the room. I may have discussed this before. I don't know if I've done it on the podcast yet, but it's very possible. But I'll walk out of my room, and out of the corner of my eye, I'll see one of my daughters sitting on the bed just out of the corner of my eye. And then I look and they'll probably like be in the living room. They're just not in their room. And it's, you know, I'm like, okay, something's something's got to give here. So finally, a couple nights ago, my daughter, my youngest daughter was asleep on the couch. And I knew she was. All my other children were in the living room as well. Their light was on in their bedroom. I walked by and I clearly see out of the corner of my eye, my youngest daughter sitting Indian style on the bed And basically, she uh, had this like, nasty little look on her face. And I was like, well, no, that's not my kid. And I was like, I'd had it. So I went ahead and I energetically sealed the doors. And I took Sage opened the window and did did that room only for the time being until I'm cleaning the rest of my or cleansing the rest of my house soon. And I sealed the mirror in there energetically and the windows, everything. I just did it all. And then I made some protection candles and burned those in that room and in my sacred space as well as in the central part of the house to try and push this thing out. Well, interestingly enough, I was watching a live with metapsychics and it was M and two of the friends of M and Liv and forgive me, I cannot remember their names, but she was uh, doing super chats for like small readings, nothing major, just like answering any questions or pulling a couple cards. Well, I was lucky enough to be able to catch her before she had to go off live. So I did a super chat and said, I'm looking for validation about a spirit I keep seeing on my children's bed. My children see it too. It's been elusive and sneaky because it has, it's really, it really has. Cause I'm not getting a whole lot of information from it. I just see it, but I know that there's something there and it's doing that because it's in my environment. Right. Well, she was thinking, she's like, I see two things. And she asked for the help of her friend, the guy friend she has because she's like, I'm seeing a man and I'm seeing a shadow thing, but I'm not sure if the shadow is real. And she asked the guy, he's like, yeah, I see it. It's a shadow, but it's a small shadow. It's not a big shadow which I found very interesting because uh, we've seen the shadow on the wall and they've seen shadows in their room and stuff. But the fact that it's getting smaller, does that mean the energy work that I've been doing is pushing it out? So it was very nice to get some validation from another medium that I don't particularly have too many conversations with. Like, you know, me and Emily constantly talk and me and a couple other people do as well, but it's nice to have an outsider perspective on, you know, yep, they see it too. And the, the guy that's here is actually helping with the shadow to keep it away from the children. Uh, and it's a grandfather figure, which is the third time I've had a confirmation about a grandfather figure of ours being in the house. And that would be V's grandfather. So that's the third or fourth psychic that has said he's around and he is helping Keep this thing at bay too. So I just found that to be very interesting. And then I guess the last thing I will share is I did a prediction video back in January. I had it had my predictions done at the beginning of January, but I didn't get it posted till the 18th. And today I saw a YouTube video. I think it came out yesterday, stating that there was a whistleblower with the pipeline, the gas line that was blown up near Russia saying that the U, a whistleblower came out and said the U.S. had actually done that. So, and it was regarding, like, you know, the war between Russia and Ukraine and while you know, the, that's why these things are happening, like, you know, the pipeline where they're cutting it off and all kinds of other stuff. Well, that was one, I believe, one of my predictions. I, the only thing I got was there'll be a whistleblower about some secrets surrounding the russian and ukraine war so that's what i interpreted it as um and it's very interesting that that happened today so that's like number two or three so far which is surprising because i've never really done prediction i mean i do them but i've never publicly released them like i'll have a habit of saying like you know this is gonna happen just watch you know this is gonna happen here it goes and then that happens i just thought that was a really cool validation
0: yeah I need to go look and see if any of mine have
1: come true yet. Yeah, and this one I didn't, I mean, sometimes I'll do that. I do look, I've looked for like the super bug I talked about Mm -hmm. in February, making its resurgence. And I have looked, this one though, I didn't search for it. It literally came to me and that was his opening statement. I made a short about it. It was really neat and it's a good idea to look. Mm But yeah, I think that's going to be it for this week's experiences. So we're just going to hop straight into the rest of our information about dark spirits and what we refer to as the abominable.
0: (laughs) So, okay, we're going to be starting with elementals today. All right, let's crack into this episode here.
1: Yes. Yes queen yeah Yeah, queen
0: so if you don't know what elementals are elemental spirits are natural energies of a or the planet's elements they can assume a physical or non-physical form these spirits are some of the first beings to inhabit the waking world and other realms they come in infinite shapes and sizes with each having their own temperament that correspond to their element Their magic and power comes from their element and is somewhat chaotic and unpredictable. Now, depending where they live, such as different planets, realms, or dimensions, depends on the different types of elementals possible. Other places may have more than the typical five elements that the physical Earth has, which means the type of elementals here versus other places may be different.
1: Ether creatures.
0: Fuck yes. So... I also want to note that there are some spirits that fit into multiple categories, like last episode, such as some bug spirits and other ether creatures. It is very important to state that not all elementals are bad or even evil. A lot actually play an important role when it comes to protecting nature and the order, of the natural order of things. The reason it is on our list is because there are times where there is a shift in the being's energy. Due to various things that may impact us environment overalls consciousness. When this shift occurs and the spirit switches up. It can be devastating and harmful to other sentient beings around it. Since humans are beings of earth. We only know what's within our planet. For the most part, lol. (laughs) So the elements of focus will be earth, fire, water, air, and and spirit.
1: I love the elements. Like, I'm, I'm in, I've always been in love with the elements. hmm It's my jam.
0: With the earth element, we have gnomes, fairies, leprechauns, trolls, elves, and other earth-related spirits. There are so many. Like, I'm not going to list them all. So, it represents material possessions, fertility, stability, hard work, nourishment and order earth spirits may be seen in the physical aspects of the earth including forests mountains and other landforms earth spirits work with consciousness and combine earth air water and fire in practical and grounded ways earth is closely connected to physical senses so clairsentience we which is what i am um, Capricorn Virgo Taurus and then we have the fire element um, when I was doing research I didn't find many like spirit beings related to fire other than salamanders and they can appear in like orbs and stuff that glow like fire but so we have fire represents power vitality transformation passion strength and drive so
1: fire beings it, sorry fire yeah, beings they actually can i i feel can exist within fires here on earth because i've actually caught some in cameras and like you can just tell there's an energetic presence and i think certain types of elementals exist within flames and fire itself now if you look back on our tiktok page or our instagram page you will see um, that I have a post about something that I caught in a candle I made for Emily before she went to the West Virginia Penitentiary, and it actually, in like the uh, light that was produced, now it's not fire, but it was produced from the flame itself, I actually found a, a picture of some like a like an entity, and like it's so striking once you see it, that there's no way your mind can actually create something that detailed among many, many people. Because, I mean, everybody's seeing like the same features and some people see a little something different. But overall, yeah, there's, I think, uh, elementals come that way. And I do have an example at the end of a kind of a mixed elemental. But anyways, I wanted to add that in about fire because um, that's what I know about fire. There's a lot of entities to do with it, though. Just wanted to add that real quick. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I think all of the elements have their own spirit within the actual physical element, too. Yeah. It is invoked for power and action. The fire element is associated with two opposites, creation and destruction. Fire elementals also have the ability to clean and purify all low passions and all vices, Helping to make a change that allows improving everything that hinders one's development, and so the um, the signs connected to fire: is Sagittarius, Leo, and Aries. And then we have Wata or water, <laughs> and we got the Udines, Nixies, Neads, Odins, mermaids, sirens, water spirits, water nymphs, etc. It is associated with the soul and represents everything that has to do with emotion and intuition. Water is ruled by the moon and deals with healing, cleansing, emotional release, clarity, inner reflection, and forgiveness. And has to do with Scorpio, Cancer, and Pisces.
1: Yep. And the water is like the most um, clairvoyant of all things It said. Like, not clairvoyant, but most psychic thing of all.
0: Now, we have the air element. And so, sylphs, um, and those things, from what I can tell, they look like beings that look like paper, but in the air, but made out of air and clouds and stuff. They're kind of weird looking, but they're kind of cool at the same time. But air represents intellect, goals, ambition, fun, communication, and strategy. They can be the most mischievous in character and they represent thought. They are directly related to inspiration, knowledge, communication, and travel. The air element may represent or present as dancing, singing, performing, and expressing oneself in artistic ways. It induces feelings of celebration. The air element induces cheerfulness levity, laughter, amusement, and delight. It reminds us of the joy and beauty in life. The quality of air allows for a flow of art and music into our lives. They can transform weather patterns and work with air. And the signs are Libra, Gemini, Aquarius. And then for the fifth element, we have spirit, aka ether, some people call. And so... All elements or elementals work closely with spirit. Ether is the bridge between physical and spiritual. It is the universal energy that fills all spaces present in all things. And then we have elemental duality, since we're doing a duality thing. We have elements can influence a variety of emotional, positive, and negative states. Fire influences passion and fury. Air influences cunning and madness. Earth influences stability and stubbornness. Water influences tranquility and indecisiveness. And spirit influences bravery or bravery. Okay, I combined bravery and naivety together, and that's how we got <laughs> bravery. <laughs> so spirit influences bravery and naivety. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, the danger, because not all these are bad, but the ones that are bad, here's the threat that they can pose. Because each one of these spirits are unique, the danger level varies. Some can cause mental and physical ailments. Depending on its strength, it can physically attack living beings, leaving them with scratches, bruises, burns, etc. But that is more on the rare side. So, guys, it is more rare for that to happen. Um, depending on the element associated to this spirit, it can attract that certain element also takes a lot of power. So, that is extremely rare to have a malevolent one with that much power to be used intentionally to hurt other beings. So, that's
1: important. Would you say that... People that practice practice certain magical things would be able to use an elemental and kind of like taint its or use it for its more malevolent purposes. Because, yes, yeah, so elementals for me probably are more neutral, but in certain situations, they got like you're saying, they can be negative. But would you say that from your research, that's a possibility?
0: Oh, absolutely. I've already (laughs) experienced that on the astral realm. Gotcha Mm -hmm. because yeah thank you for saying that because i forgot but no problem yes it is important to note that that these things can be altered like the intent that it has on another being could be altered through witchcraft and any kind of magical like rituals and stuff so yes that is important to
1: note (laughs) i was just gonna say that's so interesting because the thing that I saw in your solar plexus had like craters of earth like it looked like something like an asteroid had landed or it could turn into a bulk vol- like a pit volcano or something like a, it was just mm-hmm. like a pit and it had earth around it so I'm wondering if it's some type of elemental entity I just wanted to add that in because yeah. it's between fire and earth and yeah. I I think there's, they can mix together sometimes, even though there's different ones. I think, like, absolutely somehow they come together. But, I mean, I'm not as big on elementals. It's not something I feel like I've experienced a lot. I probably have more so, and I am now. But I just wanted to mention that. I thought it was interesting.
0: Well, so, from my perspective, what I saw, um, that same spot was red. It was very fleshy, but it also did look like magma. I agree. So, fire... <laughs> If you mix fire and earth, you can get magma.
1: Right, right. And one of the experiences I'm going to share have to do with that. But anyways.
0: Yeah, so fire can bring on fires. (laughs) Okay, it's not funny. But anyway, air can bring on winds. So depending on region in which one lives somewhat dictates the rarity of certain One, so for example, if you live in the woods or the forest, you are more likely to encounter earth elementals. If you live near bodies of water, you are more likely to encounter water elementals. It is actually more rare to encounter a negative elemental naturally. I want to say naturally. Luckily, you are more likely to find a good or neutral one. But remember, okay, you had a client... With yes. that, live near a body of water, and I remember seeing in a uh, water elemental I forget what it is called, but in Japan or Japanese culture, it's the spirit that looks like a turtle, but it has mm-hmm. legs like a person and it. It's in the water and it takes children and stuff.
1: Ooh, I haven't personally heard of that one, but I, I believe you because there's all kinds of things all over the earth. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's one of my experiences. So yeah, we're going to talk about the experience part. But um, so in my previous house, I had a bunch of shit going on as y'all know, because I talk about it a lot But one thing I do remember seeing is a rock spider earth elemental thing and how how it attracted thousands of astral spiders into my room. And there were thousands all over the wall. And yeah, (laughs) and it would dangle. So the big earth one would dangle from the fan. Like a creepy, oh, I hate it, with the legs and doing it's like.
1: Can you please draw that and make it like a Lights at Midnight screensaver? Because that's creepy as fuck. Fuck yeah, I can. That would be cool. Because, like, I want to offer people, like, pictures, like, digital art. It doesn't have to be fancy, fancy. I'm just saying, like, that would be really fucking wicked.
0: Fuck yeah, we'll (laughs) we'll make it a wallpaper. So, yeah, it attracted thousands of astral spiders into my room and it covered the wall and freaking gross. But the interesting thing about it, right? So normally when I'm on the ROM, this is going to sound cray cray, but you know, it is what it is. I have a sword. I have multiple swords and I like to, you know, attack entities or defend myself, you know, with this sword when I have to, I don't do it like for fun. I don't go around being like, ha ha ha, slice. No, this is for defense only. But I remember when I was trying to chop at this thing, I would hear click clink, click clink from the blade of my sword. And it was, it, yeah, that thing was hard to slice. Yeah. But I figured out, I think I used, I combined fire with it. And for whatever reason, it worked. But I don't know why it worked, because I didn't oh, think fire oh. was a
1: weakness of earth. I thought water it was. It can be, though, even though they complement each other. So this yeah. gets into the realm of, like how I understand elementals and how they work because I remember this now you were telling me this mm-hmm. and I was like that's an elemental because I haven't really like yeah got yeah. into them like that and you're like
0: yeah we
1: got all excited <laughs> but yeah so it makes sense because even though fire and earth can work together, it either scar like scorches the earth, it actually can bring about rebirth, but at a certain temperature, fire, flames, heat can melt earth and Purify turn it and transform it, it into something else. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole big old thing about how that works, even between astrology and just how it, chemi- you know, the chemical reactions and it all really goes together. But anyways. Well, I sliced that bitch. Yeah, and that was like I end. sliced this tomato on this sandwich. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, I want to BLT, even though I can't have the B part. But you know, I know that sucks.
0: But so you know, I did that. It was fine. I moved out of that house, but then you know, then things came back because I wasn't there to um cleanse the space, and I feel bad for the people that live there.
1: <laughs> even that's though volumes. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I was like, even though only one person technically has seen it, but we'll.
1: Refuse to admit they've seen it, but I know they've seen it. Right. Yeah. Right. It just speaks volumes to the area, Mm -hmm. and you may be getting into this or have poked a little bit about it already in elementals, but they stick to certain areas, and this really speaks to like Native American uh, stuff too, and the things that they experience spiritually. Like Native Indigenous people were very in tuned with their environmental and elemental things. Mm-hmm. which you could make a whole podcast about. And I really want to because I have Cherokee background and i really somewhere, some way I want to do it. But anyways,
0: you know, what really makes me sad <laughs> when, that? when I was nine years old. Right. So we have a I, I don't want to call it a landfill. It's like a field behind my house. So it's like, we have our backyard and then we have a fence and then it drops down this hill. And then there's like a field when I was like nine years old, I dug up what looked like a fossil, of, like, a foot of an animal. And I'm so pissed that I oh, wow. did not keep it. But it looked like the foot of a lizard.
1: Really? Yeah, That's interesting. And
0: I'm so pissed that I didn't keep it. But, like, if Allie's listening right now because she's my neighbor, or was my neighbor, she probably remembers that. <laughs> Very cool. But, we'll have
1: to bring Allie on sometime.
0: Oh, yeah. It'll get freaky deaky, man. Because I, I would t- love to. I tell her everything. Right. As much as I tell you, she knows everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Every crack and cranny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that uh, sounded awful. Not like that. You know what I mean. <laughs> that's what
0: she said. Anyway. <laughs> so, I also had another experience with an elemental, but this one was strictly an earth elemental, and this one was more neutral. But it looked like a compilation of rocks with flowers and plants and stuff. It looked really pretty. But it actually did save me from a demonic um, spider entity, which I don't know if that per- one per se was uh, an elemental. All I know is that thing was evil, and um, yeah, it was essaying people that it had captured,
1: and That's awful.
0: yeah, and the and the earth elemental actually rescued me from that sin- like situation.
1: Yes, I have a Earth Element spirit guide, so yes, you when do. you're done with your information, I will happily tell... I probably spoke about it, but I'll go in a little more detail. He looks
0: like um Gravelier the Pokemon, just saying.
1: <laughs> right, I don't... I, they sent me pictures of him, because, you know, I'm not, you know... Here's where people unsubscribe. <laughs> no, I'm not into anime as much as other people, but... Yeah, I call him Rocky, but if you want me to go ahead and say it, I'll just... Like, Rocky, I saw him... Um, few months back finally because I don't always necessarily see my spirit guides I just communicate with them and know they're there but Rocky comes in and like he's think of like the Hulk but made of stone and the inside of his mouth is like lava so like his being is representative of fire and his outer shell is earth so that's an example of how they work together and this thing like Hulk smashes like how I can open in my astral experiences let me say how I'm visually able to open up tears and fabrics. He smashes these things so hard. They go down through like that tear in that space. Um, and I've seen, I've like, I've, I've sent him with people before and they've been able to validate. Like I sent his energy to their home uh, to help protect. They actually saw the thing. And even though he, he appears a little differently to everyone, this thing, if you saw it, you, it would be scary. I mean, it doesn't look comforting. It looks like it's going to Hulk smash you to pieces, but it's for certain types of entities that, you know, just need to be taken care of and pushed out. So, and I, there are more, and it's so interesting. Like, I did not know this until uh, after I figured out I had Rocky. Going back to live, and M, uh, Live has a rock spirit guide, too. So I really would love to hear her story about what he does for her. But we do different type of work. But anyways. But anyways is my thing today. But anyways.
0: Yeah. So now we're going to jump up ahead to bugs. Because these kind of fall in somewhat. Because some elementals can look like bugs. And some bugs can look like elementals. Yes. Yas. sir. Let me just preface this classification by saying that not all bug spirits aren't bad, but some play an important role in keeping nature balanced while also teaching other beings important lessons that will not be negated. However, there are some that are harmful to other beings and just wreak havoc. From personal encounters, I've noticed many homes and properties infested with them, along with some being spiritual, and parasitic attachments to humans and other beings. All living bugs have their own spirit attached to them like all organisms, but then we have, like their living counterparts, some of these bugs become pests and infest places. This could have to do with a certain type of energy located in a specific area that they are attracted to. There might be an overabundance of living bugs in a certain area that They feel comfortable commingling with. Sometimes these bug entities are filled with so much hate and revenge that they look for their subject of negative attention. So, like, let's say you have a person that likes to burn ants alive and they think it's fun. Well, maybe some of those ants could come back and torture you as their revenge. It's kind of like.
1: Maybe, like, the queen ant will come and crawl in your ear while you're asleep. Yeah. It's or kind of not. like
0: how some negative earthbound spirits like become negative. Some of them want revenge.
1: True. And there could be, like you said, an ant spirit that comes hmm. and like you feel creepy crawlies all over your body. You just yep. never know. shit gets really twisted and weird. It's like the Twilight Zone. The
0: Twilight Zone.
1: <laughs> yep. So
0: some examples we have here are astral spiders, astral fleas, mantis spirits, and worms of all kinds. Sure. um, Danger. Most of these spirits do similar things in terms of how they affect or harm humans. While these entities can't manifest physically 90% of the time, sometimes they can, though. Like, you'll be like, oh, shit, and you'll see one, but then it's gone. But they do have the ability to attract physical living bugs into a space, which can pose health risks to humans and animals, These spirits can also affect physical and mental health. Some of them eat at your aura and life force, which can directly cause a person to succumb to illness. They have the ability to disrupt chakra flow and create blocks, but also while they're eating at your aura and stuff, that could lower your defenses to attract other negative spirits and it'll make it easier for them to successfully attack, you.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. And these are one of the most common entities to encounter naturally and it doesn't take much to attract them. They are the most common entities that I see with clients and just being out and like out of my house like even in my house they're like sometimes they have to pop in and then I'm like okay we're gonna do a cleansing but the most um spirit I see are the spiders like the astral spiders.
1: Yeah and I think it's because you can you have experienced their vibration therefore you can see them easier and that is a good point to say it just clicked with me if you have experienced an entity or a being's vibration and you are a psychic medium it's easier to tap back into that however that happens um, so you'll be able to see them more frequently so I think that explains why you personally perceive them more frequently than myself which I think you know instead of two categories i think parasites actually do fall under bugs too
0: yeah that's why i have it directly
1: underneath it too yeah i think i think because we're gonna well i'm just prefacing mm-hmm. but i think like they really go hand in hand they do so as far as experiences like i said astral spiders like i see
0: them all the goddamn time um almost every place i've been to has them it's creepy. I don't like it. But I've also seen a mantis spirit. And I don't, I've talked about this so many times on like other like social media accounts. I don't know how much I've spoke about it on here. But um, I did see a mantis spirit causing physical and mental issues for a client. And at my office, um, I've seen a flea spirit attached to a customer and trying to attach to me. And I was like, oh, hell no. Back the hell up. Back it up. So, <laughs> I I am very tune to bug spirits, but also I feel like that has to do with me, like as a person and as a child growing up. I always had a fascination with bugs and insects and arachnids and all that stuff. I wanted to go to college to study them for forensic science, and so I always was fascinated with bugs and stuff. So I feel like too I have a closer relationship with them, but also being in earth element
1: sign too yes very much so and you know that's your vibe that's where you vibe whether it's positive or negative you can vibe within that frequency and like see these things and it's pretty wicked like you know and if you think it's a good rule of thumb i think here if you think about the characteristics of insects and the type of insect or bug or arachnid or whatever you're dealing with take those traits and apply it to elementals it's just like take the traits of fire apply it to that elemental and you'll be able to understand that creature being entity more
0: Mm-hmm. And then, so the next one is parasites. So that could be a subcategory or its own category because not all um, parasites are bugs. Um, But anyway, so these spirits specifically leech off other sentient beings in order to fuel themselves. This can impact the host's mental, physical, and spiritual health in negative ways. So it can make the host succumb to more and or severe physical mental illnesses um or it can make those things worse um can deteriorate a being's spiritual defenses such as their aura and spiritual control on the astral realm um you might lack control over what you do on the astral realm and overall astral experiences and um make it easier for negative spirits to attack and attach to you and block any abilities you may possess Yes. Uh huh. And this could be a subcategory, like I said, to many spirits because there are multiple types of each spirit. There are bugs, oceanic, familiar, poltergeist spirits, etc., that can fall under this category as well. Some examples are spider spirits, squid spirits, flea spirits, demonic spirits. So, like you have your incubus and your succubus, um, they're pretty much draining you of your life force energy yeah yeah
1: definitely and it's a very common thing so for attachments people have different beliefs but I'm just to insert this in here for the conversation I feel attachments can be literally directly on the body in your auroric field in your energy field or uh, depending on the where you're at with the particular attachment and its proximity they can be 50 feet away from you at all times you know because these are these are beings that can exist in multiple places some in some senses uh so they it could be like a not quite an omnipresent energy but if that makes sense and like you can have these things you know all around you to a degree within a certain range It's this really a range thing for parasitic type entities. so you might not have a direct like attachment which i would refer to as a direct attachment versus an indirect attachment so i think i'm gonna have to create a definition for that in the coming Uh, time here but anyways i wanted to add that and like they can be physically on you they can be around you um you know so Mm
0: -hmm. and then we get into the dangers most of these spirits do similar things in terms of how they affect or harm humans these entities can't manifest physically but can cause a lot of damage to the spiritual body some of them eat at your aura which can open you up to spiritual attack or negative entities. They have the ability to disrupt chakra flow and create blocks. These spirits can also affect physical and mental health. Some eat at a person's life force, which can directly cause a person to succumb to illness. These are one of the most common entities to encounter naturally, and it doesn't take much to attract them, just like the bug ones. So... yeah. Yeah, there are definitely the bug ones and the parasite ones. You're more likely to encounter those than demonic ones.
1: I agree, because you're more like, there's so many more, just for the sake of words, bugs in the world and there right. are animals than there are humans. So you would want to translate this over to the spiritual, because things exist in the physical and the spiritual. Yep, and then
0: we don't even know, like on other planets, what other lives exist and what other creatures exist. So if they have a physical body, you know they got a spiritual body.
1: Right, so it translates throughout the universe and dimensions and time and it gets all, where your head wants to explode, reading rainbow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Parasites. Well, I would say the entity that chas saw inside my body is considered parasitic. Yes, and I, and I
1: have some more information I want to tell you about that. I forgot.
0: Yep. And then the incubus situation that I had a while back, like a few years ago, also I would consider as parasitic. But anyway, Chastity, mm-hmm. what is your part <laughs>
1: Okay so going back to the whole range like close proximity versus further proximity as you work these things away from you and like you're in the you're in the trenches with your experiences and things are happening as you work to get these things away from you it's like sometimes they don't just disappear they actually are pushed further and further back away from you to the point where they can only watch you and not touch you first and foremost. Second of all and the last episode which is part one of our dark malevolent spirits episode here i talk about the or i guess you could say it's an entity or a being that is what i feel kind of attached to emily in her solar Area or solar plexus area, and then in when we talk about dimensions and frequencies and duality, um, I start the story there. So if you're following along, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, you'll it's still very interesting. So, one of the functions in my notes when I was channeling in for information and doing a little bit of meditative work was this being that resembles like the earth's crust and then the lava pit basically that has an eyeball that rolls to the front really weird it's like a sleeping it's like a dormant kind of volcano and I think that it is actually transmutating energy I think it's actually like a vortex or a port more like a vortex itself it's actually sucking in energy and transmutating it to continue to live so I do I think that it's constantly pulling in uh, off a M yeah, in a way, but I think that the thing she experiences, it might attract things to her. But this thing is something else because from a couple episodes ago i talk about how it has like fleshy webs that reminds me of like how space uh contracts and like constrains over time and due to like black holes and stuff it's kind of it kind of works like that i think it actually sucks in and transmutates energy for its own purposes and when it's not getting what it needs or wants it pulls off of emily that was what i actually channeled in as crazy as that sounds that's what I've, I've channeled in about this actual, what we have determined could potentially be a parasitic entity and they are common. Just because you have one does not mean that, you know, you can't go function with your life. Does it make your life more difficult? Absolutely. It can make your life much more difficult. Um, with all that being said, that that really to me feels like a parasitic entity and it's something I think Emily has dealt with for a very long time. Yeah. Um. I think it's something she's had since she got her illness at the very least because if you have listened to previous episodes yet again it's kind of you know our podcast is evolving over time we're taking you through like a storyline and through things so if you haven't seen our other episodes a lot of this would make more sense but um, yeah I think it's been there since she was around eight years old when she started experiencing things and her illness at almost the same time. I agree. And I think it come from your house. Wait a minute. Here's a here's an epiphany though. This thing has like a rocky crust. You were dealing in your home that this all started happening. It it has a rocky crust and then like the spider was rocky too. I think this came from that area. So the area you're childhood home is built on has these types of elementals and like a reflective of actual nature like there is a spiritual nature to that area and I would almost guarantee that there is some Native American or Indigenous people that have lived in that area and I would be very interested to do some research into that area but anyways that's what I have about parasitic beings and
0: so I did some really quick research for the area that I had lived in previously And I found that it was indeed inhabited by the Lenny Lenape Native Americans, also known as the Delaware Indians. So Chastity was 100% correct.
1: So if there's any more updates, um, we're going to be looking into ways to get this thing gone. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's like every time I try to get rid of it and have my spirit guides work on it, it puts me to sleep
1: yeah it's so weird it is so interesting but I used to have that happen too when I tried to work on what I would consider my attachment and mm-hmm. when I would go into a meditative state and like this Emily's not new at this and this was when I was newer but it would happen to me too when I actually had an attachment and it would take me for a fucking ride but she's not new at this she's been doing like astral stuff much longer than I've even realized I was doing it and like telling people about it so this she's not you know, a newbie at this, and this still can happen to us. So it's it's just a um, worthy note. Like you're not a hundred percent exempt from things, even if you are more advanced in your spiritual work. You still have to have you know your guards. Although this, I feel, has been here longer intuitively. It just everything just doesn't leave when you decide to become spiritual or when you start realizing you have psychic abilities. It is a process, so something just to say.
0: I want to say I want to add something that we may or may not have to cut because of the um, it might be sensitive topic to people,
1: uh-huh.
0: but like so you know how people get STDs and stuff from you know having relationships with other people, right? but like, what about having, like being assaulted on the Ashram and stuff? Could that happen? I feel like it could. So,
1: yes, I believe that, and I've heard this through other people, and I truly believe that if you have what could be considered a spiritual husband or wife, or you have some type of SA attack in a spiritual sense, because some people think that's hogwash, that's a country term some hogwash but it's not there are many people that suffer from some type of abuse and a lot of times it could be psychological but then you have people that never experienced that in real life you have people that have a lot of times this happens to people that have because they play in on their pain emotions and fears and then they end up getting some strange disease in their reproductive areas so yes absolutely I feel that we should keep that in and yeah make it a point
0: so the point i was gonna add was with all of like when i had the bad hauntings and stuff and would have like sa like um astral experiences i mean i know that entity that is attached to me has been there for a while but isn't it possible then that you could also get a parasitic
1: entity through something like that as well I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, I I wouldn't see why it's not personally. Um, I I haven't never experienced anything like that, but I would say it is very possible because there is a ranking in the spiritual world. There are spiritual rules, and I think certain things are attached to certain things, which are attached to certain things. Just like we're all connected, we are all connected. So it does. I mean, if something it it would be just a. Re- Would it be a reverse of like how you were explaining, you know, you can be attacked by more evil, we'd say evil or bad entities uh, from a parasitic attachment. Then if that correlates, then why couldn't it work the opposite way?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because my guides were trying to show me that it it's possible, but I wasn't sure if what I what they were showing me and what I was seeing was like,
1: right. I'm going to say yes, because then, you know, what I just said was you can have those types of attacks. And through those energetic attacks, because they are energetic, Mm -hmm. and then start having things go wrong with your reproductive system. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, certain, like a squid entity is said to attach to people. And and this is like a Brazilian... um, a mythological concept that's what they call it um there's a certain egg entity that has like it hatches and it sticks to your aurora your body or whatever and then its tentacles start to cause disease to spread throughout your body so speaking in that kind of sense yes I think it's absolutely possible and if it's an egg what deposits deposits the egg like I hadn't I didn't do enough research on that because I was I found that during this bit of research but yeah so that mm-hmm. is a very big possibility.
0: Yeah. So oh, I guess we'll keep that in then. Bo <laughs> oh, show. Yeah, that was it on my parasite, so that's all I've got. Hey Lamp fam! Have you been thinking of starting your own podcast venture? If so, consider using Podbean as your one-stop shop for everything podcasting. You can create, record, host, distribute, monetize, and merge your podcast all from the Podbean mobile app or your desktop setup. Podbean offers a four-tier pricing plan that is sure to fit everyone's podcasting needs, starting with the free basic plan for anyone that signs up with an account. Chass and I currently use the Ultimate Audio plan that starts at $9.99 a month for a yearly subscription. And it really has been the most valuable tool as new podcasters with minimal equipment. Honestly, I just use my iPhone and iPhone headphones and she just used her tablet without her headphones. So it's like even if you don't have a desktop computer, you know, you could still record from any mobile device. It's awesome and it still sounds great. Use our link in the show's description box below or visit www.podbean.com LAMP. That's L-A-M-P to start your podcasting journey. By using this link, you will receive one month of Podbean's ultimate plan for free. You won't regret it. As always, thank you for your support. And now back to the show.
1: Okay, so Emily has just discussed, you know, a lot of earthly things, things that are representative of Earth, whether that's the elements or the beings and animals and creatures and all that stuff that's found here on Earth. So I figured this was the best place to put cryptids, even though, you know, on the level of intensity or malevolence, they could be even above bugs and parasites in a way. But truly, after the description that Emily just gave, the understanding that I currently have, I feel like they fall right under that because they're generally elusive type things, things that are only saw by a few, still very much, you know, not uh, proven by science, of course, because that's what qualifies them as a cryptid. But for the identification and placement, basically the definition, they are mythological or legendary creatures known as physical and or spiritual entities that can potentially have a mod podge of animalistic features. Some even resemble humans that are uh, and it's not presently known to the scientific community due to lack of scientific evidence so they do not have a body that, that you know a um, Past body of a creature of such, they don't have any physical evidence of them existing, which will bring me to a point later. Those that study entities are these types of entities are referred to as crypto. uh, I'm sorry, not crypto. (laughs) (laughs) It said crypto, it corrected to cryptozoologists. I might be it though. It's cryptologists, yeah. Crypto, it says cryptozoologists, so that cryptid zoologists, whatever, or to say they they basically, yes. (laughs) tits, tit, tit, tits, yes, so it's the people that study cryptids, and the first guy that kind of come up with this was back in the 1950s, yeah, I know I suck because I didn't remember or write down his name, but he's the one that kind of coined that term, and it is considered a pseudoscience developed, like I said, in the 1950s, so Stories and encounters can be dated back to 300 AD, dealing with these types of beings. And they come from every corner of the earth and can inhabit the land, air, and sea. A lot of the stories are derived from first-hand encounters that have been passed down through the generations. Each cryptid comes with its own distinctive identifying factors that cover a broad range of descriptive characteristics and mannerisms that are included but not limited to. Their physical features, which is uh varies based on the physical location and eyewitness descriptions. So somebody can see a Jersey Devil, but they see it differently, you know, than somebody else. But it's still, like, got the same animalistic or human features. And you have, like, the Wendigo. People, some people see it as, like, a humanoid creature with, like, blood all over it. And it's just wicked. And others see it the way that we're commonly, you know... Uh, commonly see it on other things so the characteristic and mannerisms continued the feeding behaviors a lot of uh, cryptids are like you know you'll find a mutilated cow and it's no known like animal attack even, they, even people that raise cattle and had their or just on a farm and have their animals attacked by other animals um You just can't tell actually what happened, like the heart's been cut out. Now, this has been related to, you know, satanic practices at times, but there are cases that cryptids could be the culprit. The threat to humans, so their threat level uh, to humans and animals is another characteristic or mannerism that is associated with cryptids. Their stealthiness, a lot of them are real stealthy you know if you're in the water you know there's different ways to see them think of loch ness monster you know the sounds and calls sometimes cryptids can only be identified by the way they make sounds and call um, call out some of them mimicking some of them just have their own communication and then odd smells and or residual biomaterial ew yeah so the odd smells certain cryptids are said to have a smell um i recently just listened to and that's why we drink which i'm kind of new to that podcast i know right what it where's my life been but um i listened to one and they were talking about somebody seeing an animal and shooting it that was definitely a cryptid and it had a stench but this also goes with things like the Bigfoot, and the residual biomaterial so they could leave behind some substance, kind of like Ghostbusters, but these creatures and their potential existence generally end up falling into the pseudoscience categories such as ghost hunting and paranormal investigation and ufology. I don't know if that's how they pronounce it, but it's ufoology. so you the study of UFOs. Okay, so the descriptions of interactions and the level of uh, malevolence. With such a wide variety of cryptid experiences and stories that have been told for millennia around the world, it's very difficult to narrow down all the potential negative interactions that cryptids can have with mankind, but I'm going to give you a I'm going to give it a good shot and try to explain it in a collective way. Basically, I would like to only focus mostly on North American cryptids in this explanation as well, because like I was saying at the, you know, the parameters of this uh, episode and the previous episode, there's just so much to cover. We just need to kind of focus on the area we are in and venture out later. So, people having experienced a cryptid encounter report feeling watched and or a general bad feeling that that something was hunting them down like prey before they actually see the entity. Uh, Generally, you're going to see the entity or hear it to know. Sometimes they don't, though. They don't see the actual cryptid, but they can identify it through its sound. There are reports of strange, unfamiliar, animalistic noises around many negative cryptic experiences, and it sends chills down the spines of even the most experienced woodsmen, which basically means people that are very uh, knowledgeable about wooded areas, people that are hunters or people that have been raised in these types of places and just know the land they know the animal calls, they know the animal sounds. Someone that has not been raised in an area such or has that kind of knowledge may hear an owl. For example, there's a certain owl around here that sounds like a something really strange and it only happens during certain times and people have called it like Bigfoot in this area and um, I've actually looked up that sound and it sounds just like the owl, like a night owl's mating call. So, you know, people that are Woodsmen, so to speak, they know these sounds. So when you have a very experienced person that spent 30 years in the woods and they hear something that they're not aware of, that's when you want to get scared. Nothing scares me more than a man <laughs> that knows the woods, that could be potentially crazy, knows the woods, and knows how to shoot a gun. That's scarier <laughs> than for me than any like like gangbanger gangster shit, honestly. Like I know that sounds awful to say, but you go to certain places and you're like scared to go to certain places because, you know, it could be... A violent area in certain parts of your town or cities and stuff, it scares me more. That don't scare me. Ride through, mind your business, go about your business. You know things are cool. What scares me no- more is going to like an isolated area and know that there could be people potentially in the woods that know how to hunt you down and chop you up into little pieces. But anyways, <laughs> I just wanted to have that as a
0: see. I'm the opposite. I'd rather take my chances in the woods. I feel one with the woods. Whereas in the city, where there's some dangerous places fuck that shit I ain't going there I'd rather take my chance with one dude
1: than a bunch of dudes (laughs) right I get that and I mean I understand your perspective you know everybody has a different perspective I mean I was raised in the city I was raised in like a very cultured area you know so that for whatever reason that doesn't bother me as much as it would like even if it was what could be a family like the fucking hills have eyes that's just way more scary to me Because then I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know what the fuck happens. But anyways, back (laughs) on subject. I'm
0: earth, though. I'm an earth sign. So I feel like it makes more sense that I would be more at peace.
1: Yeah, you'd be more at peace as they're chopping you up in their basement. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, you think I would be going unarmed? Uh, No, because you don't know. I was like, okay, just because I'd be peace in the woods, doesn't mean i'm dumb and would go unarmed
1: (laughs) we're not saying i'm not saying that i'm saying in a situational sense like if you had to be put in one or two places to survive i don't know i don't know that's a tough situation like we're thinking horror movies here but okay i
0: would be making friends (laughs) with them animals i would be like yo you are now daddy and you are now
1: brother so oh shit getting raised by monkeys you got the whole Aurora. what is it aurora the disney princess aurora you got the aurora vibes or snow white yep all right so back to cryptids because we're crazy uh (laughs) (laughs) many have seen certain types of cryptids eating flesh covered in blood or and or remnants of leftover meals that and things that don't look like normal animal attacks so like they see like the abnormal animal attack they see them feeding on an animal and they come up covered in blood a lot of times that is associated with certain types of cryptids more so than some more so than others This is a commonality among the stories that have been relayed. Often those that experience such encounters are left running for their lives in fear of becoming the next meal. Some even report being chased. So these are facts, actually. People like swear by this stuff. Certain cryptids have reported to mimic sounds and or footsteps of a person experiencing the encounter before finally catching a glimpse of the monstrous being. There are reports of people going out into the woods, generally where these encounters happen, because they can either be land by land, by air, by sea, you know, so generally a remote area. So this makes me think of the many dif- disappearances in the national parks. There are so many theories regarding that issue, so I'll leave that there. But, you know, there's so many theories around why people go missing in national parks. Love to cover that one day um, and intuitively channel in some stuff. But I think it could have something to do with these cryptid entities or beings.
0: Or people with machetes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bigfoot done learn some things. All right. Often, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because people leave their junk everywhere. So Bigfoot's like, oh, what's this? And they figure out they can just cut down trees instead of snapping them in half, you know? Anyways, (laughs) often there will be reports of finding evidence in an area where certain cryptids are said to inhabit, including snapped trees. I wonder who that is. Who's the culprit? Odd structures made from natural materials and tracks that do not match any that are known to modern science. These, you know, these are the people that carry like plaster cast with them and stuff or actually go out on these expeditions looking for certain a certain popular cryptid i'm going to get to that in a second though these encounters can happen either day or night but generally happen in rural areas that are not majority inhabited by humans many of the encounters are reported by native american and indigenous tribes for this very reason and over a long period of time so it gets very interesting because some of these things that uh, indigenous tribes, Native American tribes, used to do um, was use their knowledge of spirit and create and or invoke uh, beings. That were said to help them like win wars and stuff. And there's one specific one I'd like to talk about a little bit later in this podcast, briefly. But they would invoke these spirits. And they made it out to be like an actual thing they would see from the tales passed down. Well, this is where, for me, I think cryptids can be either physical or spiritual or both. Um, This is why maybe people can't find them. Because they're actually not 100% physical. Are there some... 100% 100% physical cryptids? I believe so, and I'll tell you why in a minute. So, my conclusion from the description of like what they do, how you can experience them, their mannerisms, I know all that stuff. Overall, I firmly believe that there are things that as humans we have yet to discover in nature, especially when it comes to the vast depths of the ocean or the almost uninhabitable parts of the mountains and the last frontiers of Alaska. Some of the accounts and evidence that regular Joes catch is striking, and the only way to prove or disprove the existence of these beings is to go search for yourself. Um, You know, people have photos and casts and all that, but, you know, they're saying this is, we can debunk this, and we can debunk this. But there's a lot of people that actually go on expeditions, especially for the Yeti or Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it, um you know they go out and they search for these things and they come back with evidence now is that evidence made up versus whatever else well that's for you know the public to decide so from a psychic standpoint i myself have experienced certain types of beings in the physical and spiritual realms which to me says it's some of these experience that some of these experiences are not just of flesh and bud blood 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 bud why sir anyways (laughs) that's old commercial if you're not old enough to know that commercial and you know you probably that really gave away my um age anyways basically if they're not of flesh and blood but of spiritual nature that is why cryptids are on our list of potentially malevolent spirits due to the possible dualistic existence and or some not being exactly physical creatures i had to read that a little slow so i could get that tongue twister out it sounded really good when i wrote it though okay (laughs) (laughs) you know okay look i'm trying here y'all come on Alright, so, for existence and function and popular examples of cryptids. So, generally, like, the way I've done my research is I did existence and function and then did popular examples. But for cryptids, I just put that together. So, I've emerged the existence and function and popular examples of cryptids into the same category based on the plethora of information available. As well as just, it seems to make more sense. It's our podcast, We Do What We Want. No. <laughs> do what I want, God. Do you want- <laughs> I have either inca- I have included um things that I have personally encountered or have an interesting story attached to. You know, I could name off a whole bunch of cryptids and I probably probably will towards the end of this uh, this little example here. But I wanted to start with ones that I had some type of knowledge of or familiar experience of. So can y'all guess which one I'm gonna start with first?
0: Well, I it's either spiders or
1: bigfoot. Oh, it's bigfoot, girl. It is big is that bigfoot. Like me too though. <laughs> like me too. <laughs> i mean it's like the one everybody knows you know mm-hmm. and uh, i had some funny things i want to say i don't know we'll see how that goes okay why not start off with the first cryptid that comes to everyone's mind and when the words uttered you think you know everybody's like yeah bigfoot's my man well hmm. known by many different names like sasquatch the abominable little bl- 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 snowman and yeti <laughs> which is based on the based on the location and culture of the sightings It's one of the most popular, obviously, cryptid stories in the world. You may ask why I've included everyone's favorite neighborhood Yeti on this malevolent (laughs) list. Well, let me tell you.
0: (laughs) We're going to get into some Yeti spaghetti with a little bit of confetti. Yeti confetti. It's got to have meatballs meet the
1: balls (laughs) that'll make a lot more petty sense in just a few seconds um (laughs) oh god well let me tell you not all stories that people have had and the recounts they tell are positive there are some stories that have been told through the ages that claims these ape-like creatures steals human women and makes babies with them oh oh so now you know why you need to be balls with that uh yeti spaghetti that would literally be <laughs> fucked though <laughs> see now
0: <laughs> now you can say yes daddy
1: <laughs> i'm good <laughs> <laughs> oh god no i had to put in a little comedy and like break this break all this mm-hmm. malevolent shit up because it gets kind of funny um yeah so anyways it would be really fucked up for real though and i had to ask myself is this where all the bigfoot dick jokes come in (laughs) (laughs) because if so it's not funny anymore you know it's like it's just weird everybody says like my bigfoot dick you know but for real like this is said to happen and like sometimes i've never heard that phrase before You ain't never heard bigger than Bigfoot. It might be a cultural, a dialect thing. (laughs) But yeah, that's something that a lot of people joke about around here. But then (laughs) my reference was, you know how really big is Bigfoot's dick, and then, like, Betty Sue speaks up from the other side of the room, you wouldn't believe me if I told you, because it's saying for real, like, people have been, and I joke about it, and I shouldn't, but at the same time, though, like, for real, people say this has happened to them, or they're never seen again, and they also make another type of cryptid species that's half human, half Bigfoot. Also, um, there's an account that I read a few years ago that talks about this little woman living in a cabin and she lived in this cabin for quite a while. She was an elderly woman. She may have been of uh, indigenous cultural background, having an indigenous cultural background and she knew about these things. Well, there was a woman in her family that like moved in like in the same area. Uh, I think they could actually see each other's cabin and the woman was like leaving out like things to pacify these creatures. Well, and by doing so, um, you know, the lady thought she was crazy. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, the lady that moved in, the new like neighbor, started having experiences about the Bigfoot and eventually ended up seeing them. And ultimately, what happened was, is the lady was like, she knew the ropes with them but something happened where she wasn't able to pacify like leaving them out stuff so they wouldn't come in her house it was almost like a protective thing that they actually broke into her house and took the old lady and now this is supposedly a true experience um passed down through the generations you know and then obviously Bigfoot is you know or the Yeti is very um a very interesting story because you hear of like You know, they're harmless, which I think maybe some of them are. They're they're supposedly different species, of course, like I said. And I believe in Bigfoot. Like, look, if there's, you know, the things that we believe in, if I couldn't believe in a Bigfoot, then, you know, I'm just saying Bigfoot is real. I think a lot of people know it. Can they exist in a physical form? I think they are. Can they exist in a spiritual form? They very well could. But I think they're just very elusive creatures that live in the crevices and cracks of certain places around the world. Chastity. Chastity.
0: What? I was going to say, I have an experience with the sassy Squatchy. You got sassy with Sasquatch? No, but I have an experience with Sasquatch. Okay. Can I share it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yes. Me. Okay, now go ahead. Okay, so, <laughs> A, I had a Sasquatch Bigfoot experience, and I was doing a meditation for somebody. I was looking into some entities for a friend. You probably know who this friend was, but so I was looking and during my astral realm travel i came into contact with a bigfoot so i believe they're fully um interdimensional so they can appear both on the physical and on the spiritual but this one was pretty chill like we had a cool conversation i can't remember everything we were talking about but i was like oh yo you're actually real and he's like well yeah and I'm just like, <laughs> whoa, my mind's blown. And he was Let's so Let's go chilled. down the strawberry weaver. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, uh, wait, are you one of my guides, like, transformed into, like, this thing? And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm somebody else. Like, I am my own being. So,
1: hi. <laughs> that's very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: leads me. That's a spiritual. So, the spiritual aspect. Yeah that leads me into uh basically talking about the physical parts of like people think sasquatch is real here like in the appalachia part of the world so and i mean i'm not quite there but i'm kind of there We'll just leave it at that so people here uh, have explained like they have had things thrown at them like people i know they've had things thrown at them they've heard sounds they've seen the snap trees so and there's just so many places like they swear that bigfoot is living in their backyard i friends that um or a friend particularly that is really into that stuff and he doesn't get out much out of his area or whatever um but yeah he he has experienced Bigfoot even here on the east coast and the middle of the east coast basically. So before the next example I think it's important to stop and expand the fact that many cryptid type entities are associated with stories told by indigenous tribes here in the U.S. and basically the North American continent. There are other places that have folklore and mythology about the cryptids but like I said we're going to stick to the Native American indigenous tribe USA type uh, area and I wanted to give y'all an example of something that i would personally consider a cryptid um i don't know if everybody would but from the accounts of the indian tribe that created this being so here's an interesting thing it's called ikatomi and it is a spider for what i refer to as a spider entity uh and they said it was physical Like, it literally helped them win wars. So, this thing has, like, a cockroach body, rib cage. Like, it's kind of terrifying, actually. A rib cage like a human, and then, like, bumpy vertebrae back with a cockroach tail, spider legs, and a human head. I actually had an experience that I will just briefly state while my mother was in the hospital on a respirator this was dead in the middle of the covid pandemic we're getting canceled now because i said that (laughs) and yeah that's true yeah now we're canceled it was right in the middle of everything going on and basically i was tired i had sat there with her she was on a ventilator And she did not have COVID. She has other breathing issues and ended up having some heart issues. So, And they had to put her under. And while she was on the ventilator, I was sitting beside of her bed. I had put my head down on the bed. And I have discussed with uh, you guys previously in other episodes the way that I start to see mental visions or images with my eyes closed. Well, this was one of those experiences. And I started to see... What I just described to you guys about the human head, spider legs, weird ass back. I started to see that in my mind's eye and I was like, oh, hell no. What is this? Because see, normally I'll see some crazy things, but I had never seen anything like that, like awake with my eyes closed at this point in my life. This was last year, actually. And I saw it, like, coming down the hallways, and then I would see it creep up on people's shoulders, like, on their beds, because everybody was on a ventilator. Every room I passed in this area of the hospital, everybody was, you know, down. They wasn't awake. They had a—is it a ventilator? Is it a respirator or a ventilator? Maybe I said it wrong, but you guys know what I'm talking about. They had the tubes down their throat. It was very sad and really odd feeling with everybody just being so quiet and nothing really going on and this thing was crawling up onto the side of their bed and it looked like it was sucking their life force now mind you i, I thought this was just some creature i had absolutely zero idea what the fuck was going on and it noticed me like it was sitting on somebody and it looked So when you do these types of vision work, like sometimes I can't help it. It just happens. And sometimes I intentionally do it. I have learned along the way that if you see creatures or things like this, you know, you only have a certain amount of time before they're aware that you're looking into them. I don't know, Emily, if you've experienced anything of the such, but. Yes. Yeah, there's a certain time frame that you have before they realize you can see them. Because now we're talking about something that is interdimensional. Not I inter- think
0: it has to do, too, with, like, if they can sense your fear. So if it's something scary. So, like, when I had that demon experience when I was helping my, my homie and I saw the demon thing in the corner of the room, he was like a, he was just standing there like a lamb thinking I wouldn't notice, and I did. Right. And then I started to freak out, and then his smile got really big and creepy.
1: Yeah. I, re- I was actually listening to that episode recently, and I remember that distinctively now. Yeah, that was a little creepy. It was either episode or something you sent me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, so this thing noticed me, and like I'm laying here and I start naturally throwing out like my personal defense, which would be like light energy, especially at that time. And by doing that, I mean like it's like a pulse. In a way, sometimes, and it's energy that comes out. I start directing my energy towards it, and it'll block it out of my mind's eye. Simple as that, most of the time. Well, this thing physically touched me, and like I'm literally just sitting in the chair in the hospital. And if you think about it, you know, we've talked about how people can make and create things. Well, this thing literally looked like the exorcist's girl's head the closest comparison is like you know in the exorcist movie the girl's head that was possessed it had that kind of look to its face and even back then I was like this looks like something that was created by fear and pain and agony and fear like just straight fear and miserableness well um it literally I felt like little pricklies on my arm and then the next thing I know I envision it being put i pushing it back with my light and i push it back into like a door i know this sounds weird it was all in black white and gray and i shut the door so fast forward to this november when i got the till swan ether creatures deck i'm flipping through it i told everybody like i still owe my fans or followers rather a video and i'm going to get to that but because i've talked about this before if anybody that listens knows Basically, I was flipping through that card deck, and right there in front of my eyeballs, and I had seen some things that looked similar, but this was dead on except for the head. And that's when I was like, okay, that's some validation. You know, you can believe me or not, but it it literally tripped me out so hard. Because, you know, there's the, you need the validation when you have these mental experiences. Being, I'm pretty sure I could classify myself as a mental medium at this point because uh, as much claircognizant abilities that I possess and just knowing things and then the clairvoyancy and like seeing things that's happening in my mind but when you see something I've never seen this thing before like ever I've seen like weird spider creatures but this was to the T the way I described it except for the head come to find out please I don't know if it's the Shawnee tribe but it's one of the tribes from up north was said to have conjured this being or it would be a being I would assume or entity they talk about it as being something physical but I don't know if it was people have even said they've seen it but I'm thinking it's more interdimensional spiritual type and I would put this on the list for cryptids I mean, that could be classified under a couple other things, like a lot of things on our list, but because it's a, you know, a modge podge of animalistic and even human features. We would help this indigenous tribe win wars they would fight. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, how is that? Well, as I read on in her, her analogy, um she says it's not necessarily evil but I mean I know I was in a bad way because my mom was in the hospital and I was probably under distress but for me just to randomly notice this it it speaks volumes to me because it was nowhere near on my mind and then I see one of these creatures she even says in the guidebook that it's actually losing energy this is her in representation of it. It's it's not necessarily bad. It was used to do things, you know, maybe that could be considered bad, right? But it's losing energy because it's not being paid attention to anymore. Well, guess what? In my vision, before I ever read this, like almost a year later, it is actually sucking the life force out of people that are in the hospital on respirators. Probably said that ventilators, respirators, whichever. So um I have a different opinion, but that's all about perception. Uh, like a lot of things, again, on the list. Just about your perception and what you choose to work with and whatnot. But uh, that was very validating and terrifying, and I have not seen it since. So these things are, I mean, naturally drawn to places. Now, according to the historical references to the Ikatomi creature, there could have been somebody that was associated with that um, ethnic background that could have had that type of spirit attached to them from generations before. Therefore, when they are present there or if they have came there, it could have left that a pathway for that being to travel and stay there and realize oh wow there's a lot of people that are basically getting fed energy you're literally hooked up to a machine that's pumping air oxygen life into your body and the energetic property the energetic fields and everything from all the machines it's the perfect place to pull sentient soul energy from people and to survive so just found that to be very interesting i'll leave that there and i'm going to tell you the last uh, example that i personally have for the mothman is the mothman Um, i know quite a bit about it i actually got to go to point pleasant in 2021 When I went to a Paracon up in West Virginia, when I toured the West Virginia Penitentiary, it was one crazy week. If y'all have heard the Annabelle uh, story that I told about meeting the real Annabelle like six inches away from her and the whole thing that happened. Well, this was another one of those weeks, just a little bit different. It wasn't quite as malevolent or crazy or whatnot, but I will say that, you know, we all probably know a lot about the Mothman It happened back, I believe it was in the 60s, early 60s. I might be off just a little bit there with the years, but everybody started reporting seeing the Mothman in November. They'd be chased in the cars up at the old power plant, and they described this being as a red-eyed, human-looking creature, but had kind of like a rounded top bat head or something of the such with bat wings. And people would uh, report seeing it there in Point Pleasant and the surrounding areas. Also, it's important to mention that this area falls within the 37th parallel, so there is a lot of, you know, paranormal, cryptid, UFO activity in this area. Well, the creature was reportedly seen more and more and more up until the catastrophe of the bridge collapse there in Point Pleasant, and then there's people that have said to seen. Mothman after a lot of interesting stories a lot of interesting uh newspaper articles if you ever get a chance to go to Point Pleasant or you might already know there is the Mothman Museum I really enjoyed that it was a quite interesting there is a haunted motel across the street we almost stayed in but I didn't just gives me a reason to go back to Point Pleasant because it's interestingly enough the energy in that area it feels like that town and if anybody has been there Please feel free to comment somewhere on socials or write us and see if you agree with this. It is literally like stuck in time, it's a time capsule. And the people that worked there, and I don't mean any harm by anybody that's from there, but the people that I interacted with, they were very much, they seemed very much over the work they were doing. They seemed very much just, you know, kind of just like day in, day out, same shit, different day. But there was just this overall dull energy about the place. It's almost like, even the buildings, it's almost like they're stuck in time because there's a lot of historical references. They have a beautiful park that, um, you know, contributes to the story with the, is it Cornwall? Cornwall Jackson? I might be off on that too, but doing this one from memory. And, uh, you know, they said that the indigenous tribe, like, cursed the settlers, and that's what kind of created this energy. So, talking previously about the Ikatomi, I think it's very valid. Personally, I, I can feel the energy of what someone can consider to be Mothman like I really truly think that people were seeing something and maybe these people had some type of extrasensory perception maybe the veil is thinner out there but there is something off about the area around Point Pleasant so that's where I'll end on cryptids for now and we do have a few other things that we're just going to chat about in regards to this episode
0: okay so As far as Mothman and some of these entities and things, I feel like a lot of people, because they have an idea of what it looks like, it created a thought form and it created that entity.
1: Yeah, it's very possible. It's very, very possible that it did. I personally resonate back with what you're saying, but I resonate with it back in like you know the sixth oh, or not 1600s way off like 17 1800s when this happened i can't remember mm-hmm. the exact date I a shitty researcher i know but i got to the point <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah i resonate with it being possibly something conjured or created yeah yeah but anyways we're going to briefly talk about shapeshifters after some time I realized that these were left off the list in a way we kind of touched on them we just want to briefly touch on them and have a conversation about shapeshifters because me and Emily both have experienced things that have the ability to shapeshift there's multiple entities or beings rather if they have the ability to shapeshift and it is in an entity form which would for my definition that i set for myself would be of, like, Earth not able to move between dimensions, then that's some really crazy, crazy stuff. And it's always possible. But in my personal opinion, shapeshifters come as interdimensional beings because they have the ability to change themselves physically. Like, I guess, Mm -hmm. physically. Does it kind of get complicated, or is it just me?
0: (laughs) It does because you have a cryptid, like, the skinwalker, and it can shapeshift and then you have like demons and shit that can shapeshift
1: yes there's a lot of spirit even uh descended human spirits can do that but yeah so the definition of a shapeshifter which we may already know but for shits and gigs any creature with the ability to undergo a drastic change of appearance is a shapeshifter. Although they sometimes take monstrous forms, shapeshifters are not always evil. They can be bloodthirsty, mischievous, helpful, or anything in between. So, like a lot of other things, depends on your point of view and your experience. But we're going to put them with a negative twist because most of the time, if you experience a shapeshifter is generally a lower vibrational being, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. for doodles I've got a few.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, basically, we hear stories of a man walking in a store, and then he's never seen again, but then they see a random animal, or he's out on the countryside, and, like, they go from being human footprints to paw, like, you know, paw prints, or vice versa so you know shapeshifter is a shapeshifter if you're seeing physical prints it's also said that ghosts can make physical you know footprints (laughs) that's what i do i'm sorry (laughs) ghosts but you know that um that kind of you know it was a really easy explanation for what they do their special abilities though they say that shapeshifters are as diverse in their abilities as they are in their appearance even shapeshifting the trait which unifies them is something more of a curse than an actual magical ability in ancient mythology shapeshifting is just one of the endless magical abilities used by godlike characters in trickster folklore shapeshifting is the character's only magical ability but they combine so much cunning with their shape-shifting ability that they are still a powerful force in romantic fairy tales shape-shifting, shape-shifting is a burden upon powerless characters who have usually been tricked or cursed by a more powerful magic being can you Emily tell me what one of the fairy tales was that that relates to this is a pop quiz
0: oh the the princess and the frog
1: <laughs> that's a good one yeah I was thinking sleeping beauty but that's oh. close enough. That works too. Yeah, you got the frog prince where she has to kit You know, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I just thought, oh, was...
0: because the evil queen lady turns into a dragon, look, or I'm... the witch lady turns into a dragon for uh, Sleeping Beauty.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's several references in fairy tales, matter of fact. But then one that just come to my mind is the Sleeping, not Sleeping Beauty, but uh Beauty and the Beast. For whatever reason, I was thinking about how the witch turned him into the beast because his attitude. He had an Shrek. attitude problem. Yep. Sure. There's a lot of fairy tales that have to do with shape shifting. Which is when you think about it in that form, it's like, damn, Disney. No wonder we're all into the paranormal. Y'all done fucked us up. <laughs> but so there's different cultures it's a you know it's another like worldwide event that have reports of shape-shifting beings we have eastern folklore greek and roman mythology and then you also have norse mythology celtic folklore and modern fiction and then native american folklore so real briefly i want to discuss a little bit about native american folklore and it kind of ties Back into some of the stuff we were talking about. The Navajo people and many surrounding tribes have a tradition about skinwalkers. A group of witches who are able to change into coyotes, wolves, fox, owls, and crows. While the skinwalkers certainly aren't friendly to humans, they aren't particularly dangerous either. They enjoy scaring people, but they have never caused anyone physical harm. So, I mean, I've personally experienced... um, an entity that has shapeshifted. Uh I've had things transform kind of in front of me, mostly though in just my mind's eye or dreams, where they kinda like shapeshift into something else. Like maybe they come as especially really evil, what we would consider possible demonic entities, shape shift from being a child to mm-hmm. like a monster, for example. So um It naturally, you know, shape-shifting entities. Uh, maybe Native American cultures, like say trickster prank type energy. I can see that, um, especially for human spirits. Maybe even earthbound spirits. Some earthbound spirits have more power than others, but that's pretty much what I have personally to say about shape-shifting. You have anything you want to add or any experiences?
0: Yeah. So I've had during my really bad haunting. I've had demonic entities pretend they're other people to try to get me to do certain things. And a lot of the times, there's just one little bit of detail that's off, and I was able to catch it. But like I know devils and demons are notorious for doing that, to trick somebody into doing a behavior that they otherwise wouldn't do.
1: Yes, Um, or gain a trust, basically.
0: Yeah. And then like demonic entities, I've had them um, turn into children to try to, you know, trick me. And I'm like, ha ha ha, I know you're a liar. And yeah, and I've had um, entities try to turn into people that I personally know, like my boyfriend and or friends. And like the one time they tried to, I guess they hugged me. But I know like my boyfriend has a tattoo on his shoulder and I felt like I could feel it. And I'm like, mm, I don't feel his tattoo. And I looked, the tattoo wasn't there. And I was like, ha, you're not him. Nice try.
1: Right. And did something. What happened after that?
0: Um, the Weird. whole illusion disappeared and he disappeared because I was like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> right. Well,
1: okay, right. <laughs> I wasn't
0: playing games
1: right not playing games well I can relate to that in a dream I had a dream that my son he looked a little bit older in this dream but something was off about his face and then he smiled at me and he had these real fucked up teeth like and I mean I don't (laughs) I'm not trying to make fun of people that have any dental issues like I understand if you do so please don't take it that way you know healthcare is crazy and not everybody is fortunate enough to have that but so don't take it that way but I mean like they were they were like demonic looking or evil looking and um it just smiled at me a real creepy smile and I realized like I had already learned the fact that you know certain entities can pose as something else and we're actually we're taught to look for that in our dreams and experiences astral experiences or even physical like eyeball experiences but the next day after that quote-unquote dream my son was running with the dog in the hallway and where our steps are there there's no like gate or nothing it's just hallway and then step straight down and the, he was running with the dog and he just all of a sudden like he said he felt like he got pushed almost like onyx jumped up on him but he didn't feel nobody touch his back and he literally fell on the crown molding on the floor corner and literally poked a hole straight through his kneecap we had to go take him and have it cleaned out and have uh, stitches put in and he's bleeding I mean it was a hole you could see his kneecap and that's when I was like and this was when I kind of was starting in the middle like not in the middle but at the beginning of me trying to fight back like they try to mess with you and your family when you start to try to push out negative energy and or entities from your life that you have picked up along the way. So that would be my example I'd like to share for shape shifting.
0: Mm-hmm. And doesn't it say something like in the Bible where it says like demons or things of darkness will try to appear as something light?
1: Yeah, they try to appear in the Bible. It I can't quote it exactly, but even the devil will appear as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. So, you know, depending on, you know, your personal perspective or beliefs or whatnot. And I mean, I can see the validation and I can validate that. Mm -hmm. They can appear to be something great, even like experiences. And that rings true for earthly experiences if you want to go that route. Um, and it's really good to be vigilant in your dreams. And this is just from personal experience. I'm sure Emily can agree, be vigilant about the dreams you're having. And really, if you're consciously aware and you're having a vivid dream or an astral realm experience, pay attention to the things that look familiar or look friendly because they can go south.
0: Real mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. Oh, see, that's why I always say write that shit down because you might go back and read it. After, like, a fresh mind, and you'd be like, wait a second, that actually wasn't right. That doesn't feel right.
1: Right. And then having an experience like when, what I just shared, basically, yeah. like having that appear in a dream and like, oh, you know, that's really creepy. And then having that happen. I mean, can coincidences happen to a degree? But then to a degree, I don't believe in coincidence. So I believe there is a you know, reaction or I believe cause and effect and all that kind of stuff. So
0: the next topic we're going to be discussing is earthbound spirits. So Chastity, do you know how earthbound spirits are created? Or I should say, how do you believe they are created?
1: Okay. Well, so for me, earthbound spirits can be created and or accumulated. Maybe that's the word <laughs> in a certain <laughs> uh, particular ways and for different reasons. And those reasons are not just limited to what I'm going to explain. So bear that in mind. But it has been said that earthbound spirits are created when a person passes away, of course, because well, that's this one way. Person passes away and does not transition to the light. So think about what is it called? The insidious movies where they go to the the neither the further or something like that it's the the further yeah so think of like the dark world and then like it's everything's like a little different maybe you know if you have a pile of clothes in your bedroom that pile of clothes may not be there it may just be the furniture so like bare like outlines of rooms is how I've personally seen it and the spirits of are, are waiting for somebody um they are you know wanting to they're confused through traumatic events they don't realize they've passed away or they are in oh, another reason is they fear judgment mm-hmm. due to certain religious uh, aspects that's a so, big one yeah so there's different reasons why a spirit would be earthbound and I mean you know mostly like the actual person's consciousness still here I've had experiences where I've felt like I've entered the spirit world and it literally feels like without a body and it feels like a ball of you you feel kind of like circular and it's your consciousness but Mm as that circle kind of starts to dissipate out think of like light orbs okay um, like how we see light orbs, I think that your consciousness, you know, is an embodiment of like something and not necessarily physical. And then it radiates out a little ways, and like specks of your thoughts are surrounding this circle of consciousness that is your spirit. That's how I visually saw spirit. And that's how I validated for myself. It might not fit everybody else's description spirit orbs, but it is said as you get used to being in this environment, you start to learn new ways and to gain energy to, you know, make things happen, uh, become an apparition and all of a such. Now this can happen in a multitude of other ways, but since we're just talking about earthbound spirits, um, those are kind of the main reasons that they would be one. And the difference between a spirit and a ghost, uh, I do believe that, certain times can be captured within the matrix that we referred to uh between dimensions and like the that is captured in between the fold of the particles and at the very least fifth dimension so like if you come down let's say you lived in a house for 20 years and for that 20 years you worked every morning got up at 5 a.m you made you a cup of coffee you scrambled you some eggs and bacon you made a bacon and egg you got ready and you went well that would describe some type of residual hauntings too so it some people have different ideas like that would be residual but the even the sounds could be residual but is there a potential possibility emily do you think that there could be a spirit associated with like at 5am in the morning, you smell coffee brewing in your house, but nobody's brewing coffee. Do you think there could be a spirit attached to that?
0: I think it can go both ways because I think like in this case, it could be a residual energy impression. And so that kind of just keeps looping and looping and looping. But I also think that you can have a spirit that was so set in their ways that that does have a full consciousness and knows what it's doing. But it doesn't like to, or it doesn't like change and it likes to keep up with its pattern and will just keep doing the thing because that's what it like to do.
1: Right. And I can agree with that. I think it's not just set in one way or the other. I think it's malleable. So since we're talking about the darker side of things based on perception and dualism, um, you know, just smelling coffee in your house doesn't fit this bill so it really gets pretty complex and in-depth when you start talking about human spirits and remember just a few minutes ago I was explaining how like you start out as a spirit as like you you have your body you know one minute and the next minute you don't I think that's a stage of evolution possibly too um maybe eventually you learn that you can form a shape of a body if that mm-hmm. makes sense I don't know but basically um They human spirits can start to figure out things, and not only can they start to figure out things if you have your consciousness and let's say you're angry you're a very angry person well that is representative in the physical and the spirit when you're alive so if you're a certain way when you're alive when you pass away and realize that you no longer need a physical form and you can get away with a lot more stuff this is what starts to go into what we refer to as descended human spirits and they can cause problems around your house they can uh, depend depend on how much power they are able to gain from fear, just like other entities and beings, uh spirits, which whatever. But they can start doing really malevolent things based on you know what they what they want to do. Like if you had somebody that was a murderer in life, well then they might do things at night, like sit on your chest and try to suck the energy out of you and kill you, make you very ill and sick. some of these theories I have adopted from Amy Allen because I've I've actually had things happen similar to that and then like see them as she has described them like she was she was like the OG to me personally I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people before before her that aren't as well known but for me she was like the OG you know paranormal psychic medium and I did um, take some of that from her experiences, some of the inspiration, and then translated it and validated it into my experiences. And I, I believe what she says, like she is legit. So um, although like, that was the start of my journey with learning about descended human spirits, I have actually encountered some myself. They will come to me in my mind's eye and they will almost like they want to communicate with me. I have watched them transform from like a normal human face in the dark. So that tells me they're earthbound for me, for my psychic abilities. I know a spirit's earthbound based on the setting it comes in and it hasn't ascended because it's not coming from the light in my visions it's coming from the dark and it'll be like an old man or something like just their head it'll pop up and I'll because they telepathically communicate when you're you have psychic abilities it's there's no words necessary because they don't have a voice box anymore unless you have something that like paranormal investigators use you don't need that when you have true psychic abilities that's how you connect with past relatives it's just different Well, when I'm like, I'm trying to go to sleep, please leave me alone. I don't, I don't want to communicate right now and push them out. They may transform into something nastier and depending on the strength, normally they'll go away, but then you might have the earthbound spirit that's attached to the area. And this is how you get hauntings and you know, all that kind of stuff that goes along with it and things start moving or, you know, even poltergeist activity can still be an earthbound human spirit. It doesn't just, just because stuff's flying around your house doesn't mean it's poltergeist activity, so. Mm
0: -hmm. I would say for me, I've realized that a lot of the descended ones, they, so like you said, they take on the major attributes that a person has in their life, so the ones that are the most or the strongest is what they'll carry with them into the astral realm or wherever they go, right? So, I mean, moving here, I've encountered a lot more earthbound spirits than I have had ever in my entire life, but um, I've had encountered a lot of negative ones, especially in the area that I live in. And... I know I think I've talked about it on one of these episodes but I've literally had an experience where I was in my room wasn't even asleep I was getting into bed and I roll over and it feels like or it felt like someone tackled me on the bed and I yeah. saw it was an earthbound spirit um it was a big a big guy and he just was angry and I was like dude why are you tackling me I'm just right. trying to go to bed
1: I'm just here minding my own business <laughs> Right, and it's mm-hmm. it's fair to say in your area that there has been a lot of history made, and a lot of battles have been fought, and there's a lot of blood been shed in and around your area. Therefore, there could be lost souls or earthbound spirits that, you know, sometimes they get caught in a loop, too. Mm -hmm. and it is fair to say here before i forget that there are certain places that end up sucking in human spirits whether it's a portal vortex area or it's a darker entity that is collecting them like like dolls and using their light the the energy that they have because your soul is made of energy and this is my personal theory a darker malevolent entity that has more power and let's say you pass in a certain place or around the place and you pass there especially like it creeps me out with nursing homes and stuff like that too because sometimes I feel like dark energy spots in there and if you're not very well in your you know personal faiths or beliefs or point of views and let's say you pass or you're weaker willed because it's a lot to do with your will um you can actually be entrapped by a darker or malevolent spirit in a certain area and like have your life force sucked i actually saw that happen one time with a spirit i won't get into that now but it's going to be pretty good story when i do we'll just say it was somebody that was charged with murder
0: you know when we were going over the charlie lawson thing that's what i saw with this family it looked like a dark entity had them all in chain chains and was holding on to them and that's why they're stuck there
1: right and then you could say too like that and I yes we did cover that in um goes to Christmas past really really cool actually I really enjoyed making that so if y'all mm-hmm. haven't checked that out definitely go check it out it's episode I think seven or five I can't keep up anymore <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> yeah it, we released it on christmas day so you can look for december 25th uh, but yeah it's important to say that you know these also could be just a fraction of that spirit because mm-hmm. i personally believe that some people do not believe i personally believe that our higher selves are still kind of somewhere else that they say you have your higher self your higher thought forms i don't i don't know how else to articulate or explain that currently But I think a part of themselves in that experience could be stuck there. That could be residual and or a part of their actual soul. So even if in like people that make deals with certain particular things, I believe this can happen to as well.
0: Yeah. So in my area, I'm seeing a lot more earthbound spirits and especially like drug, like people that were into drugs uh-huh. And I've seen a, I've seen some like in the park shooting up and these are just spirits.
1: It's so sad.
0: I know it's so fucked. And um on the street corners when I where I walk my dog, I've seen one or two also look like they were doing drugs. Um some yep. come in my house and just kind of pass through and then today during my nap, I had a full-on experience with this female spirit and it pretty I don't know if she was like a social worker or something but she was showing me like this case she had with these children that went through abuse and um, the one kid ended up becoming either a sociopath or a psychopath and started killing animals which you know, if you guys listen to true crime podcasts, you know that some serial killers, you know, start with abuse in their uh, past. So, this this little girl was, she became pretty much a sociopath and had the signs of a potential serial killer. But, so, right when I woke up, because this this is where I woke up, and I was fully, like conscious and aware um the spirit said to me and now i'm looking for it in my notes oh here we go she said i had to look at the damage to get this mentality like i heard that claire audiently when you said I heard damage her voice
1: on, i'm so sorry to interrupt you but when you said damage on my end it mm-hmm. cut and i mean i don't know if that was like like a legitimate internet glitch because we have not had any of those where mm-hmm. we're into terms- something locations but i just think it's interesting to point out anyways
0: yeah so she said loud and clear i had to look at the damage to get this mentality and by that it felt like the mentality she's talking about was to get shit done like when you see something awful you gotta rescue and do what you need to do to save other people
1: yeah, they look at it that way to be able to actually... Com- they feel like they're doing a service. Like, the
0: social worker is saying, like, I had to look at the damage to get this mentality of I had to get these children out or, you know, it would be bad. I got you. Yeah, because it sounded like an older woman, like 40-some years old.
1: Right. I'm, I'm like, close to 40, Emily, thanks. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. That's okay, though. Uh, Anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well descended earthbound spirits like i think when it comes to the malevolency there's so much that plays into it because you have to figure out like why did they become earthbound in the first place was it something traumatic are they getting revenge and that all has to play a part in that and sometimes i feel like too like if they were somebody that wasn't a witchcraft on the negative spectrum of witchcraft and did bad things maybe they made contracts with negative entities that also furthered their uh, development into becoming malevolent
1: that's true, that is true and different people that made different contracts for whatever reason that may be I have found, you know they end up basically having their own reality and space and it's not necessarily that they have a bad time mm-hmm. when they make these contracts when they pass on they may have the particular space or realm that they're in and they do they continue to do the bad work here on earth which translates from spirit to physical which mm-hmm. i think we see quite often it's a good point
0: so yeah so when you have serial killers that you know Even if they are caught and they're put in prison and they don't fix themselves, they could end up being malevolent, earthbound spirits and become descended
1: and demonized. Right, and I'm going to retract my statement for being done since you said that because it is said that when somebody that has that kind of energy, the serial killer mentality or people that are like murdering people not by accident or like a one-off type thing, like people that have a true passion for doing this to other human beings and like animals and just beings in general. Um, They say that it leads an energetic imprint and stain and a piece of that malevolent part of their self. So this goes back to, now I heard, I heard this from somewhere, but it makes sense though, um, going back into them leaving pieces and parts of their soul within that area which is still energy which can also relate back to negative uh stronger malevolent forces rounding it all up and using it and there's several places that I feel can uh actually fit that bill that I would like to get into at a later point like places in the United States
0: Mm -hmm. with that being said because I mentioned the whole witchcraft thing so The next topic we're going to be moving into is energetic actions contributing to malevolent effects and encounters.
1: Yes. And it's not just about what other people do to other people. I Mm -hmm. also kind of put in the category of like vortexes and portals, which are also done by people, but sometimes they can open up by natural earth energy. So I just want to make that statement really quick before we kind of have a quick conversation about this. And I want
0: to add that it's not always witchcraft because you can have natural, like you said, energies, but even if it's not earth energy, It could still be like thought forms and or just a concentration of energy. So it's not always witchcraft.
1: Yeah, it could be, you know, like wars Mm -hmm. and stuff too that contribute to, you know, actions that cause malevolence in a particular area based Mm -hmm. on, you know, uh, spiritual like residue, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Uh, some type of spiritual residue, whether that's from human or not. Um, So I figured it would just be kind of cool to talk about that for a second. You know, if you want to go with uh, darker magic, magical practices, and go into like, you know, I believe it's called baneful magic. And there's a reason that people do that. And that is, uh, I'm understanding of that concept. But there are times that people are just evil and malevolent and nasty and they want to do things to, you know, hurt other people. Um, If something's justified and you're justifying it and, you know, doing something based on something done to you, some people believe in living that way. That's a certain type of perspective, but I think that, I think it kind of turns the table when you're messing with innocent people like, you know, uh, for example, baby sacrifice. I don't think that's very, appropriate is you know it it might have a place in some people's life but I definitely have do not like people that hurt children or old people so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say that Um, I don't I think a lot of people would agree with me I'd say 99% of the people At least 98% of the people in the world would agree with that statement. But uh, there are certain things that people can do to hurt others that cause malevolent things. Now, you know, it's an energy that is, you know, so there's there's sources of energy that are used by an individual that can uh, accumulate and collect, you know, certain bits and direct it and force it into other people's lives which for somebody a lot of times it'll work and I think it has something to do with like your own ability to sense if something is going on if somebody has done something in a nasty or negative way I think it has a lot to do with your ability to sense the energy around you and like notice like hey something's off I have you know, you can just have streaks of bad luck, but if you pissed off somebody that has the potential ability to enact these energies and make it happen, because certain people are stronger than others, just, you know, magic is very real. It took me, like, we we were growing up with the thought that magic, you know, oh, it's a fairy tale. No, 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 no. It is very real, and I've said this before. I'm a firm believer in magic. I believe that people have the ability to sway they can sway people's thoughts with just words or it can go as deep as like making actual potions and spells to hurt people for no good reason. Now, I don't think you know, I don't think that a lot of people do that. I'm not saying that this is it's just worth mentioning it's like when you get you know curses or hexes and there are laws and stuff regarding these curses and hexes and certain uh beliefs and practices that state that it can't be done unless this is done and then you have the ability to like summon certain things to do certain things for you and i believe also too when people create certain types of magic and witchcraft and stuff they can actually develop um thought forms like emily was saying and create a whole nother entity or being that actually attaches and they can send them you know to people to attach to them and wreak havoc on their lives so you know we're not trying to stir the pot pun i guess pun intended i'm not trying to because you know i work with herbs and stuff myself occasionally uh, but i well, i like to make candles and herbs and with herbs Mm -hmm. and stuff and all that would you say
0: okay so, but some of these entities that have been conjured, would you say that after the whole thing's done, that some of them linger and continue to do negative things?
1: Yeah, dependent. I mean, you might, here's the thing is like, just because you get an entity away from you, if it's affecting you, that doesn't mean it has to leave the whole entire area. Yeah. So it might be, it might, as you work to get things pushed away out of your energy field, and I think we've actually just discussed this very, very recently uh, in the last episode or right before, it gets further and further back out of your energetic field to where it won't bother you anymore and it will stay possibly away just from your energetic field. And that's when you have to do your home and property too. So just because you're getting it away from yourself doesn't mean that it's going away from the property. And then when you leave, like it is said also too, really malevol- malevolent energies can actually mess with an entire area. We cover that again in a, a Christmas, um, you know, what, uh-huh. the Christmas episode. But yeah, so it's it can get pretty deep when it comes to that. Also, uh, certain actions, malevolent or not, um, either benevolent or malevolent, <laughs> benevolent or malevolent. Say that like five times, you know, fast. They can open up areas of energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think vortexes are more or less, um, for the most part, earth created, but they can be, I think, human created maybe even possibly by animals, a certain energy of an area. I've been to a lot of places and every area has a different set of energy. You think about the Bermuda Triangle. Well, that's probably a natural thing. I do believe in the weird stuff. You know, some of the weird stories, I can see the the validness of them. But as far as like uh, portals, you definitely can open up portals when you do certain things, whether you know what you're doing or not, because you know, I think certain people can will and control malevolent spirits if they're very well practiced and spiritually rounded. I believe that. I do. But I think there's a lot of people that practice things they do not understand. And, you know, until you're ready to really do something like that, and with our human consciousness and the way that we actually learn and develop, we think we're ready for things. And then when we actually get into those actions, we're like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. So I think people make those mistakes sometimes. And then, it might not even be like an ill will thing you're doing and it still will produce uh, energetic action with malevolent consequences to others, you and others around you.
0: Would you agree that maybe dark magic or malevolent magic would be magic that is considered harmful and or takes away the free will of another?
1: Absolutely, it can.
0: So would you also agree that love magic or love spells is considered dark magic because I do
1: yeah I, w- I would believe I believe that it takes away people's free will it take well and I mean there's a fine line we walk you know when you, you talk about this because you know you can push certain energies and like keep people away but what is what how is that love spell actually working on a spiritual and energetic level Mm -hmm. I personally believe in if you're gonna so any type of candle work or anything that I've ever done has not been for a love spell it's been for self love and I don't think that there is anything wrong with wanting more self-love but when you take your energetic actions and you push them out towards other people, it can have negative effects. And I mean, you've seen these in, this in movies. I mean, it's not something that's taboo. You know, they talk about this. Like what is it? Love potion number nine. Is it something where it kind of backfires or whatever? Um, if I can't, if I remember correctly, I might be way off, but that's what I'm associating it with. Mm -hmm. They can, you know, cause for the people involved, it can cause negative effects on their life. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, some people don't feel that way. And I mean, that's fine. But I personally like to stay on the side of like, you know, I don't want to do any ill will to anybody the best I can. I'm still human. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not perfect by any means. Like, I get resentful feelings. I get, you know, just because we tend to lean towards, you know, more benevolent, neutral, benevolent work does not mean that we never vibrate lower even in spiritual work you're we don't shit golden goose eggs you know so i mean that's (laughs) that's what i'm saying like we you know everybody you know vibrates between both there's some people that choose to be neutral and that's a whole nother aspect to this whole series that we're hoping to cover uh Sometime very soon, stay tuned, mm-hmm. see if this everything works out well. And yeah, I mean, it's just something to mention. It's very important to know these things because it, in today's age, you have a lot of what people refer to as baby witches, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they may get into things that they don't quite understand.
0: Yeah, so. like I honestly, so for me, giving, so if you're doing a love spell, but it's to help or raise a vibration right? So providing somebody with good energy and raising them up instead of trying to take away their free will, to me, that's different because you're not doing anything negative. But if you're trying to get so-and-so to fall in love with you, that's taking away their free will. And I'm sorry, I cannot.
1: Right. But the one thing important to mention about what you said, just the, just a couple words to add to that is it's up to the choice of the person. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do okay. something like that, it's it's nice and courteous to let somebody know unless you're somebody that you talk to on a daily basis and you you have a love connection already whether that's friendship or relationship and you want to just send out some positive vibes then that might be okay but if you're talking about a guy that you met at a bar three months back and you just really digged him and you're really into him or girl or whatever you know then and you start doing stuff like that people you don't know without their consent I you know I mean, that's where some people start having issues with it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah. I think, an important point and uh, whatnot. I don't. I mean, I don't really have anything at the at the moment that I could elaborate as an experience myself that I would like to share. But I think that sums it up for me. I'm a vortex. Right, right, yeah. I've, I've, I've talked about that personally mm-hmm. myself, so I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to add anything about portals or vortexes. Or...
0: When it comes to portals and vortexes, well, they say mirrors can be portals, and then if you have multiple mirrors, it could become a vortex.
1: That's a good point. I mean, you know, and people don't are not aware, and it's not to say that the problem with like portals and mirrors and stuff is unless you have specified energy and you have that knowledge and that control over you know the energy sources around you you can't be messing with mirrors and people don't even know sometimes like having mirrors across from each other cause things to come through and sometimes you just don't have control so that is another way that you know an energetic action energetic action is putting up the mirrors across from each other just because it looks cool and then you're actually creating uh, one of those mirrors could be haunted and then you know Uh they spirits have the ability some of them have the ability to make portals people like emily have the ability certain places when she opens up to create a vortex or portal type energy It's my personal belief we've talked about that Uh But yeah, it's a valid point. Some people just don't know, which can turn into malevolent interactions.
0: And going into your bathroom and saying Bloody Mary three times can create a portal and a problem.
1: <laughs> you're chanting. Yeah, well, yeah, you're chanting on something that already has an existence based on f- thought forms at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's already an entity that could be created by humans And you know human thought forms, like we were talking about. I know this kind of gets out there. It ties all back into like you know duality and dimensions and frequency and stuff. Like these are these interwebs and in betweens. But when you go and do something like that, that is a ritualistic behavior. We do rituals with a lot of things, and people don't even realize it, and they just you know demonize the word ritual. But you do rituals in a church setting. You You do rituals
0: when you get up in the morning. Right. <laughs> when you shit, shower, and shave.
1: <laughs> exactly. And like when you're adding something like Bloody Mary to the list, like, yeah, there's people that probably have seen stuff. Especially if the, well, they say the veil is thinner or if there is some type of vortex of energy, like the 37th parallel, there's something real strange. I'm sure there's some mathematical equation somebody really smart could figure out and find out why the energy is, is so high. 37th parallel, they probably already have. Now i got something to Google. i
0: got about. something to say. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to smack me when I say this. You're going to do an astral smackdown. I know it. Okay, when I was a a kid in my parents' house, I was one of those kids that was like, I ain't afraid of nothing, and I did do Bloody Mary in my house, which is bad because I can create portals and I didn't know at the time.
1: Did that happen before you started experiencing hauntings or after? (laughs)
0: Like, I was like, I would think it's around the same time.
1: That's interesting correlations here. We're building stories on our lives here. <laughs> I think, you know, with this podcast, we're actually learning a lot about ourselves too. I know that might sound silly, but I hope that throughout these episodes, like you see our growth and we hope that you guys are growing in your own very special way. And
0: too. there was so. a period of time when I was scared to go in that bathroom
1: I would be too. I mean, I'm pretty sure we did it as well, but I but, never, okay. never really.
0: I don't know if this just is movies and then getting it into your mind as a child, but like the whole if you have a bathtub with the shower curtain and then your toilet's right next to it, and then you have to like whip open the shower curtain before you go to the bathroom because you're afraid you're going to get attacked. Well, that was what I was yeah. feeling.
1: The paranoia. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there, you know, it's, it's normal to have those feelings, and sometimes they happen and it's nothing, but. For people, it doesn't matter if you have psychic abilities or not. People can feel the differentiation in energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get a feeling. But then
0: after up. a while, the bathroom was fine. And I never had any feelings of bad things happening in there. It was always more so in the basement, my brother's room, which then turned to my room. And then my parents' room, which those right. are all three places
1: that have portals. So I would just like to kind of sum up this information and some things that I personally took away from it. Ultimately throughout the presentation we've really discussed what you know dark spirits or dark entities could be and there are a few things that I would like to mention before the end of the dark spirits part of this series. First, I would like to say that spirit really pushed the quantum physics side of existence of these entities and beings through my research and my channeling. They kept just saying like it has to do with quantum, you know, mechanics. And I was like, okay, because I mean, I don't know nothing really about it. Only what I've read and even science doesn't understand it. But science has started to try to understand quantum mechanics on a very, you know, small level. And they continue to search for answers, but one interesting thing is, is they have been able to prove that mass itself is, you know, doesn't exist as mass in quantum, you know, mechanics, it exists as energy, in which, you know, we already know and we feel, but they have actually proved that. And it supports the views of those that believe in some sort of spirituality point of view as well. So when you add consciousness into the mix, it can develop some very interesting theories in regards to quantum mechanics and how it works. And overall, I just feel that spirit was trying to validate the correlation of quantum mechanics and the spiritual world. And science is definitely on the edge of many great discoveries, I personally feel. Over time, they will prove that we exist and experience things from other realms and places just like Emily and I and other psychics and mediums and, you know, empaths and however, how all the people that can sense energy now, over time, it won't be on the fringe of the scientific community. And that's what spirit told me. Another thing that really was brought to my attention during our research was the whole concept of dualism. And how as humans we really are raised to like live that dualistic experience and it led me to like thinking well is dualism just naturally a part of being human a lot of people in the spiritual community say you know it's best to take a new neutralistic approach and there's definitely they have their reasons but we are taught the difference between good bad and that is our perception That's how we perceive things. And it plays a role in our human experience as physical beings. It's very much a part of our everyday lives, which is particularly led by the very basis of cause and effect. So, you know, it's good if you don't do these things, you you know, because the effect would be, you know, you may get hurt really, really bad. And that creates, you know, a whole good, bad perspective something as simply as that but it, it gets a lot more in depth so maybe this is why some people experience darkness differently than others and it is worthy to mention that the powers that be in our physical world uh, basically play a role in this concept just like the ones in the spiritual they try and sometimes achieve the control of an entire country's thought process and it really starts at the very basis of perception, and generally it's fear-based. So you see propaganda, you know, and and things on TV, and they say they, they shift literally the consciousness to get a desired outcome of people's actions, but this happens on a physical and spiritual level, which is all based on, you know, dualism and good and evil it's like we're always trying to overcome something and especially that rings true a lot here in the usa where we live i don't know if that makes sense to you M, but it definitely you know i see that in the news and it just it really brings the whole point around dualism yeah for sure and yeah and they understand this very well they understand the way that all this works very well i say they i mean like people in power Mm -hmm. because it's easier
0: to split people and divide and conquer
1: right and they actually yeah exactly and that's exactly what they try to do and to receive a desired outcome and they play on this whole dualism point of view that most people carry and it's been going on for millennia So it has been, uh, it leads me to the question, since our perception is said to shape our reality, then are we creating our own monsters to a degree and internal battles based on how we are raised? So is this fear-based mindset causing some people to experience negative things?
0: Yeah. So can I, I want to say something really fast. So the thing is, I feel like, too, they create problems on purpose because they're trying Mm -hmm. to manipulate, obviously. But it's like they want to create the big bad because they need a hero. And who better
1: to be the hero? Themselves. Right. And this, you know, this can tie into the spiritual world as, as well. I truly feel that. I feel that this can tie into how we like experience things and how we learn. And I believe, you know, that to a degree, some people do create their own monsters and definitely internal battles. I mean, that's obvious. And it's a very relevant point. But here, though, it's not always the case. Some people still have very bad experiences that they never asked to be a part of. And as I said, it is reflective in the physical and the spiritual world. Sometimes you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. You might see or experience things.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like depending on the influencer, especially if they're like a spiritual influencer, sometimes some of them, keyword is some of them, I feel like create problems out of things that like that doesn't exist because it's kind of like, I don't know whether it's their belief or not. It's like they create this problem, which then makes it the
1: problem of other people. Absolutely. And if you are constantly pushing negative, negative, negative with no positive, then the people that follow you are going to gain that perspective because there's a lot of people in comparison to the people that are kind of in this research, in this field, in this industry to not That's a very large number that are not but there is a very large influx of people wanting to learn because they're starting to experience the spiritual side of life for the first time. And that is reflective into our collective consciousness and our community. I mean, it's obvious. It's such a big, big industry, billion dollar industry that there's money to be made. And that's the bad thing is you get some people that are just in it for the money. And I'm not, Grouping one person in all this, by any means, I'm just saying collectively, there is a lot of things that could be said about that, but they play on the dualistic nature of things, even when it's not just their perception. Some people are just in it for the money, unfortunately. And, you know, it's our experiences and the way we interpret them. They are very much based on our perception and it can dictate the way we see things. So, like we were saying, this goes for uh, people that see the spiritual world and not. So, it's important not to put yourself in a box. I've learned this over time. If you do so, you will only gain the understanding that fits inside of your box. Yeah. Labels and terms and this that and the other. You have to be open to understanding how t- this spiritual energy interacts with you. Like you know, you or let's say you start getting a pain. Um, I was talking to somebody about this recently. Let's say you get a pain in your head, and you think you're being attacked something but it's not this it's maybe because you can't perceive it because you haven't experienced anything outside of that but in all actuality it could be like a human spirit trying to say hey this is how this is how I passed away and that might be the only way you can feel it because you perceive it through your uh, clairsentience instead of being you know claircognizant
0: for example
1: So that does play a big role in what you've experienced and how you continue to experience things. So it's important to continually evolve that perception. Trust me, if you try to, if you don't put yourself in a box and you try to do that with any of this positive or negative or neutral, you will constantly gain understanding from spirit. Yep,
0: And I learned a big, big lesson on that because, you know, I followed one person and, you know, I trusted them and it's not basically their fault or anything. It's just that I followed everything they said, which blocked out the other stuff that I could have been learning. And then once I shut them off, I started learning a whole bunch of things. And I think I've grown significantly by doing that.
1: Yeah. And it el- and you have to allow yourself to step outside of your comfort zone to grow too, You know, it's not every psychic will see the same thing the same way. And if they're not open to the darker side, for example, they may not be able to discern the difference or the entity that you see because we all see things differently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that goes for like what you were just saying and what even I said earlier in the episode about M, like she wasn't sure if that shadow that she was seeing was real the other guy on the other hand said he he sees it and he thinks it's real i've seen it multiple people have seen it but that's just her perception because m tends to take a neutralistic perception and then i don't i'm not trying to make an example of her i'm just using her as an example and that's okay it's okay not to see the same exact thing because as humans we do put this black and white tape on either end but there's so much gray area where they you know move and intertwine with each other that's kind of like during this research you know some people experience for example aliens in a good way and aliens in a bad way
0: yeah and the whole thing like if you follow someone doesn't matter who but like a spiritual teacher and all they talk about is demons and angels and nothing in between and you know you follow them and that's probably what you're gonna see you're not gonna see like the energy formations that create entities you're not going to see like all the other spirits of other things you're just going to miss out
1: yeah and I mean it takes time to evolve to see those things so just because you're experiencing all positive things doesn't mean that's just what exists and I think a lot of people get caught up in that in the spiritual community yeah. um, so it's just a valid point point. and lastly i would just like to simply say that there is a meaning to our experiences and generally they come with a lesson or some type of wisdom and i always say that one cannot appreciate the light or the good in life if they haven't seen or experienced darkness or the bad in life so my friends please keep this in mind if you're going through a shadow part of your life because it does get better so that pretty much concludes you know this part of the series for me i just wanted to kind of highlight a few things at the end and things that i was shown and just lessons i think that are important to take from this what the fuck right did you hear that you thought it was your it dog. It was.
0: He just got his shit scared out of him.
1: Really. He just. He just like was like. Is he looking? Wait, stop. Is he looking down your hallway? Yeah. Into the end of the hallway. He
0: is where my office door is, and he's.
1: He's looking straight down the hallway. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's energy. In that point area, and I see like your living room, yeah. So I see like your living room, and then I see male energy. You know, this doesn't
0: surprise me, yeah. Especially what we were talking about yesterday about my neighbor being sus,
1: yeah. It's like an older man, though. I immediately got an image of like an older man in a tuxedo. Like one of those spirits that like I was buried in this. This is why I look sharp, you know. <laughs> but at the same time though, why would it and that's how it initially appears. This is one of the things, guys, like if we keep this in and not tits it out, um, pretty much uh there's a layer like onions. So what? like I might initially see the man, but as things develop your perception may very well change. So guys, it's been a really wild ride over the last two episodes we have discussed many different things and we tried to keep it to the minimum but maybe we overdid it a little i don't know you tell us we did share a lot of information if you like these kind of episodes please let us know please bear in mind also that these different topics will be made into episodes later down the road (laughs) and Yeah, we've got some exciting things coming up. I'll leave that one there. I've already spoke a little bit about it. One of the cool things that happened to us on the 26th of January, according to certain statistics on Google, we hit number 125 for the Apple iTunes or Apple podcast uh, charts, which different types of websites picked us up based on those stats and I'm pretty sure I've looked just to make sure they're not like trying to make us feel special that we we had to have hit it like we've had to we don't have the official chartster or whatever it's called but um yeah we're really excited and honored that we at least made it there being a podcast that's only been around for three months that means you guys like our content and our Episode 10, if you haven't seen it, please go watch Duality, Frequency, and Dimensions. That is now our almost most listened to podcast, and it's only been about a week since we dropped it, about a week and a half. Everybody seems to like it. So we hope you enjoyed these two episodes, The Dark Spirits, The Diabolical, and The Abominable in this mini-series, I guess you could call it, an exploration into the diversity of spiritual realms. In our next episode, we will be talking about the benevolent side. So we are trying to do mirroring episodes, just like we described in episode 10. There'll probably be two shows as well. So we'll be getting into the benevolent side and the perceptions and beliefs that are common among the human race and maybe even more who knows because we've covered a lot of crazy shit Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's a wrap
0: yeah i was gonna say you know what's great about being a psychic medium you never run out of content
1: (laughs) right right i mean there's times things are kind of chill Yeah, but most of the time something's always going on and We've been blessed to be surrounded by a bunch of awesome people and uh, those awesome people send awesome people to us that we are blessed and honored to be able to help, mm-hmm. you know, and we keep meeting more of you awesome people. At least well, not obviously meeting, meeting but you it's know what I
0: mean. My yeah. It's just flickered.
1: hmm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah i know what a way to end it it's like they've been all the malevolence look yeah. again if you're so, here
0: i want to see
1: <laughs> you better get a video you you all you're on your phone yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: well the problem but is yeah. this house is so fucked up with its wiring it could just be that
1: yeah i mean it's a possibility and you know power lines people hitting them and stuff but you never know it's just a convenient time mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's always something being a psychic medium. Well, I'm going to go uh cleanse my house now. <laughs> I'm going to cleanse my chakra. So I'm going to So oh shit. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> my phone hit the glass. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you have a haunted story you want to share, you can email us at lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com get in touch with us there we'd love to hear from you we really appreciate y'all hanging around and checking it out and yeah thank you so much we are super excited to bring you some super awesome content we really appreciate you guys checking us out
0: thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode your support means the world to us and remember all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity even in the darkest of places Stay safe, stay well, and light it up.